In this episode of Restore It All, we're talking about how RTO and RPO should drive your backup design. If you'd rather skip our witty banter and get right to the tech, just fast forward to about five minutes in. You could restore it all. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me a guy that I am absolutely positive my my dad, when I was younger, would definitely call a hippie. How's it going, persona? <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out where you were taking that, and I was very afraid where that was going. <laughs> But I got to know it. it, it, it works. Yeah, yeah. My dad would have, with that hair that you got going on, my dad would totally have called you a hippie back in the day. And this is, well, actually pretty sure both of my parents. And mind you, I don't know if I've ever told you, did I tell you that I I wasn't allowed to wear jeans until like, I, I didn't own a pair of jeans until I was 18 years old. And it's because jeans were what hippies wore. Interesting. Right? So you just wore that was, and shorts? Uh, corduroys was oh. my, um, Pants was my, choice. uh, material yeah, choice. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, the, voop, 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 you know, you could start yeah. a fire down there. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, you, I don't you know, know why you, more people don't wear corduroy. Like they're super comfy. They're nice material. They're just, what's amazing is they're pretty warm though. Yeah. And I did this in Florida, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know about Florida. <laughs> If you'd want that there. Honestly, though, I think even today people would still call me a hippie. So it's all good, Curtis. You don't have to go back to your dad's generation back in the day calling me a hippie back then. So yeah. how about this? If we can get five comments on our podcast, <laughs> right? Positive comments um. in the next month. <coughs> no, sorry. In the next two weeks from when this goes live. All right. Curtis will grow a beard. For the next uh, three months. For the next three months. Let's see. Apple. <laughs> yeah. I'm pulling up to see. All right. We have to be specific. Uh, all right. Right now we have 16 ratings on, on okay. the. Uh, so I'll make it a little harder. So if we get to. Tw- hold on. I said five before. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So if we get nine, how about that? Well, if we get nine, if we get nine new ratings and comments, I'll grow a beard until Christmas. Okay. I, I, I can't commit to after that. Yeah. But but I don't see that, <laughs> see that happening. And just 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 watch, Curtis. Just be careful. Uh, uh, so this uh, is this is nine from when this episode goes live, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which okay. which will be sometime in September. Okay. Or well, it might be in August. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So right now there's right now there's sixteen okay. ratings on the uh okay. on just, the uh, just, podcast yep. there. Just 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 wait. Just wait. All right. <laughs> well, now I'm scared. But uh but speaking of ratings, I'll throw out our, our podcast, our, our our disclaimer. Uh Prasanna and I work for different companies. He works for Zoom, I work for Druva, and this is not a podcast of either company. The opinions that you hear are ours. Also rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you like what we're talking about, if, if, you know, if you're 
somebody who's been listening to the podcast, we know you're out there. Just reach out to me at WC Preston on Twitter or W Curtis Preston at Gmail. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get you on the podcast. We'll talk about your favorite subject. We'll even keep you anonymous if you want. Right. We'll give you a fake name. Like we've had Harry Potter and Ron Weasley on here. Um, you know, it's all good. Double mystery guests without any names. Yeah. 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 We've had, yeah, we've had, yeah. Where we didn't even give them a name. Right. Um, so, uh, so that's all good. Right. That way you can, you can speak to your heart's content and not think, not worry about what your employer thinks about it. We'll even disguise your voice. So, um, I thought this week we would kind of go back to a basic, but incredibly important topic. And that is this to the concepts that are RTO and RPO, which of course, for those who don't already know, recovery time objective and recovery point objective. And then also we should talk about, um, you know, RTA and RPA and how those are related, but completely different. So let's first talk about, and and, and I guess what I'm going to make the title of this is why RTO and RPO are, you know, what, what, what did I say? I was going to, what did I put here? Oh, I didn't put, what did I say in the message persona? I was quite eloquent. (laughs) What, what did I say the title should be? Why RTO and RPO should drive all backup design. Done, right? Because let me let me ask you a question, Persona. Do backups matter? No. Does Not anyone really. care if you back up? No, no one, no one care. no cares, one cares if you back up. The only they thing only care. Yeah, the only thing you, is what is restoring data, and exactly. if you fail to restore data there's a high likelihood your job might be out gone. So, yeah. And, it, and, it, and I would say, and I, I feel so strongly about this. And, and by the way, I, I'm, I'm speaking to the, I'm, I'm not speaking to the choir. I'm speaking to old me. I spent the first, I don't know how many years of my backup career, not really knowing much about RTO and RPO and, I kind of used the concepts, I suppose, but I didn't use them to drive backup design. I didn't use them to set expectations with my, you know, with my customers, right? I was at a very large bank and we had all kinds of expectations. Um, and, and, and I know, you know, and you know you've worked at companies where you've got customers that have expectations and you're well you know you you and I are both married so many arguments that you have as as a marriage couple as a married couple comes from what it's mismatched from expectations. expectations yep yeah right um and, <laughs> and i think that's that's go ahead go ahead what were you going to say no and I was just thinking back to, I know we've had Jeff Rockland on this call or on the podcast and in your book, right, that you wrote, Modern Data Protection, Yep. right, by O'Reilly. Um, in that book also, right, there's that entire chapter of working with your stakeholders, setting expectations, right, understanding and getting agreement on, hey, this is what it is. Because like you said, a lot of the time it comes down to expectations aren't agreed to 
and aren't set up front. And therefore, when something goes wrong, which inevitably something does, right, then everyone's like, oh, that's not what I thought. And oh, I thought I would get my data back tomorrow. And oh, why am I losing data? Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, because these things weren't clearly documented, discussed up front. Like you said, Curtis, when designing those backup systems. Exactly. And and so, you know, when you think about the ways that you can get in trouble as a backup admin, one of them is clearly you either the restore didn't complete in the expected amount of time and the restore lost more data than was expected. Now, I'm just saying expected. I'm saying it that way specifically because it, it's it's what they were expecting, not what you were expecting. Exactly. Right. You probably always knew how long it was going to take. But if uh, the powers that be, well, you may or may not know. Yeah. We did have an episode why uh, why restore is often uh, usually it takes longer than the backup, right? Yeah. Uh, and and if you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly recommend it because or it, if you've it goes never... into it. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah, like you were saying, it goes into all the details about why restores can be slower than your backups and issues around that. Um, I was yeah. also going to add that um, even another challenge that you see with restores is some people, and I know, Curtis, we always talk about this, verify your restores, right? Verify that your backups are done, right? But some people have never actually done a restore, so they can't tell you, or they've done such a small restore that... They don't know how long in real life is it going to take to bring my Oracle database back up and running to the latest point in time. They've often done sort of functional restores, but not, but not performance restore tests. Yeah. Right. I, I I remember (laughs) when I was at the bank, we did something like, like we did a handful of restores every single day because we didn't have snapshots back in the day. There were the number one reason for restores is still still human human action, right? Not in fact, I would say it's even more uh, more so today than it was 20, 30 years ago, because now we have RAID and erasure coding and highly reliable drives like SSD drives versus the rotational drives that we were uh, that we used for so many years. I would say that that at this point like 99% of the time that you're going to do a restore is due to some kind of action of some kind of human. Yeah. I was was just thinking, have you seen a study about that? That'd be an interesting stat. I wonder if there is an industry stat talking about what percentage of restores is actually user. Yeah. I I just, I just think about like the, the, the the day-to-day used to be right. We, We, when I started, we had servers running on a disk drive, a disk drive. You know, you had the OS disk drive, you had the application disk drive, and then you had one or more data disk drives. Yeah. Disk drives, not LUNs, <laughs> not LUNs <laughs> on a RAID array. Exactly. What's a RAID array, right? <laughs> um, and it was all obviously rotational disks. And we went through, You, I'm sure you know nothing of this, but there was a, there was a big HP recall. We, we had HP, big, a lot of HP servers, and it was an HP disk recall because it was they were leaking uh, swag oil. I don't even know what that means, but swag oil. They were leaking swag oil onto the platters and thus creating data loss. 
we we called them the Valdez discs. Um, <laughs> for, based on for Exxon Valdez, right? yeah. the oil Based on Exxon Valdez. Apologies to if anybody works in that you know industry, <laughs> but uh, that was what we had back then. That that just doesn't happen now, yeah. right? I mean, indiv- if an individual drive, whether it's first off SSDs fail way yeah. less often than than rotational drives, right? And and if they do, they're in an array, and it's just replaced. It's it's, it's like replaced yeah. right away, right? You have hot it's swappable drives. And, exactly. I think yeah. though, the challenge is if you think about the types of scenarios and use cases, right? When I think about like a user accidentally deleted something or some mm-hmm. a use case like that, the amount of data I'm restoring isn't a large amount, right? And well, but I. Potentially, but it's not just the it's not just the user, right? Notice the way I way I said it. I said the the action of some human, okay, right? That could be an admin dropping yep. a VM. Yep, it could be a hacker. That's okay. That's what I was going to get to. Right? Is yeah, the ransomware style use cases where yes, that is a smaller percentage of probably overall restores. But if I look at the amount of data. Recalled during those scenarios versus typical user restore behaviors, right? Um, oh, I see. Oh, that was you on the much larger it, end, right? Which are the RTOs that you need to be considering, right? So you're saying that you think that if you look at like data per reason, the amount yeah. of data of restored versus the number of restores, you're saying yeah. if you look at the amount of data restored versus the reasons that you restored, you think that the vast majority will be uh, ransomware attacks. I, 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 yeah. can't, I can't dispute that. Yeah. I would say ransomware attacks and disasters. Yeah. Um, but uh, eh, interesting, yeah. yeah. And, so, and, but so, those so are the go- sort of things, oh, sorry, just quickly on that, from the restore time objective, yeah. that's why it's important to understand and try to figure out a way to extrapolate to get to that sort of full RTO restore scenario. So you understand the performance there as well. Yeah. You know, Be it an um, application or a bunch of VMs or whatever else it is. You know, this is going to sound like a non sequitur, but, but um, Never. I'm pulling up, a, I'm pulling up a scene from the West Wing. I don't know. If, did you ever watch the West Wing? Nope. Okay. The West Wing is, a, is an amazing show. Um, and, um, you know, in this house, we've seen, my wife has seen, the entire West Wing, at least four times, wow. the entire series. <laughs> and there's a scene in there where the president, played by Martin Short. I was going to say Martin Short. It's not Martin Short. Oh. Martin Martin Sheen. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so the president, played by Martin Sheen, uh, decides on his next Supreme Court justice, who was Edward James Olmos. And... There's this, there's this moment. He goes, so when's he going to get here? And he goes, well, in a couple of days. What? A couple of days. Like normally, again, this is the expectation thing. Normally when somebody's nominated for a position like Supreme Court, they hop on the plane that moment. Yeah. But, but the, the, the almost (laughs) character decides to drive down, Mm. uh, through he lives in Maine and he's going to drive down and stop in Connecticut for some <laughs> for some antiquing. Um, <clears throat> so there's just th- this is the thing. It's like what's the expectation versus yeah. what actually happens. Yep. So so and 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 I would say that 
the bigger the restore, the greater the expectations. Yep. And so what you have to do, what you must do, and if you have not done this yet, you must do this now. That is to decide per application on an RTO and an RPO. And, and then, and by the way, this is an, iter- an iterative process, which I think we'll, we'll probably talk about at the end here. How, how do you do this? Um, because, <clears throat> and I know we've talked about this on the, on the podcast before, is if you ask the typical business unit, what RTO do they want? They will say zero, yep. right? How fast do you want to restore it? Immediately. How much data do you want to lose? None. How much so are you that, willing you know, to spend? <laughs> none. That's the question. <laughs> Their answers exactly. are always the same. Yep. And I think, though, going back to what you said, right, this is where it's not so much that as a backup person, you decide what the RTO and RPOs are. I think it's, you, absolutely you need to have to do that. Yeah. You have to have that discussion with the business stakeholders to be like, OK, what are you expecting? And like you said, right, you ask them and it comes back to sort of dollars. Right. Because, hey, if you want that zero RTO, zero RPO, zero data loss, right, that is going to be a pretty penny. And is that really needed by your application or can you sort of be like, hey, yeah, I'm okay if it takes a weekend to bring back up. It's not mission critical. And so that's fine. And we're not losing a lot of downtime. Yeah, the answer to your last question is almost n- never, right? Yeah. Meaning, meaning almost never does the application need zero and zero, yeah. right? Unless it's like I've a, seen a financial trading firm I've, or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I've they, seen some. they are there, right? <laughs> On the opposite end, I've been I've I worked at a paper mill once, and their their RTO was two weeks. Yeah, and and their RPO was two weeks as well. Yeah. And I would say for the companies that have a zero RTO, zero RPO, they're not talking to the backup team. They're probably talking to the storage infrastructure team, the compute team, right? Backup right. is just sort of like, a, okay, if everything else fails, it's the last line of defense. It's not the first place I go in order to recover my data. Yeah. And, and by the way, that brings up a topic which we should cover in this episode. And that is, should there be different RTOs and RPOs based on what happened? Yeah. Okay. I would argue that it, it depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Okay. So so let's talk about RTO and RPO. What are they? So Prasanna, what is RTO? So RTO is basically recovery time objective. It's mm-hmm. basically an objective telling you if you needed to recover a data set, how long will it take you to bring it back? Right. Right. And the key here is it's not in this is where I like to differentiate versus what a lot of other people. It's not just bringing back your data. It's actually bringing back your application to a good known state. Bingo. See, All I right. didn't forget everything. Arch- <laughs> yeah, no, good job. That wasn't a test, by the way. Uh, but the. Yeah, I, I'd say mistake number one that, that a lot of people make is that they think it means the restore time. It doesn't. It means from the moment the outage happened to the moment the application and any related applications are back up and running in fully functional state, right? Yep. That that is that is the objective. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the reality in a minute, but that but that is the objective. That's what you've agreed. You say, listen, a, another way to call this is is an SLA, right? A service level agreement. You have an SLA with your stakeholders 
that. What what is that? What was that? <laughs> that that was me being like, I don't like calling them SLAs. I like calling them SLOs. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'll yeah. I'll I'll let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> so what would make it an SLA to you if you just agreed to that RT RPO? Or the RTO? Well, I think it's yeah. you need to be able to provably show that you are hitting that every single time, right? Rather than here's an objective, right? Because these are well, but the agreement. I mean, yeah. I mean, we may be, we may be. Um, I don't know if we're. The, I mean, what an SLA is? It's an agreement between two groups of people, maybe more than two groups of people. This is the agreement that we have made. This is what. This is the objective yeah. we're going to meet. Yeah. So maybe the RPO and RTO are objectives. Is the, the metric and yeah. objective upon which you create an SLA. All right, sure. I, I won't. Okay. Sure. Okay. I'll I'll be fine with that. So, uh, so an RTO is essentially how long it takes to bring, you know, how long it should take to bring the application back up online. Yep. Right. So RPO recovery point objective, it is basically how much data you have agreed you're allowed to lose. You're it, losing data. At, how? Yes. You're. So as expressed by a matter of time, meaning you agree that you will allow you, you will allow a loss of one hour's worth of data or 24 hours worth of data. And, and I would say at least going back in, back in, back in Monday, um, RPO was the one we talked about the least, at least it's the one we talked about the least, frankly, did that come out that's, of English? That's actually <laughs> less, interesting. It was less frankly discussed because we all knew that we only backed up once a day and that all the backups didn't work every day. And so we knew that the best we could do was a 24-hour RPO and that maybe it might be 48 or 72, depending on what day of the week it was and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But <laughs> nobody wanted to talk about that. Yeah, that's interesting. Being on the from the vendor side, I remember focusing so much on the RPO side of things and yeah. less on the RTO side. Interesting. Interesting. And I now, think it was because... maybe because a lot of it was really around replication, right? <laughs> where people do care more about the RPOs and the fact that because a lot of it was disk-based systems, storage appliances replicating from one to another, right? Typically, your RTO was minutes or seconds, Yeah, right? the RTO was minutes, so that was easy peasy. That was way better yeah. than anything it had before. So then they're like, okay, now let's talk about the amount yeah. of data we're going to lose, right? Yep. Ex exactly. So the, the, but, the but, thing and, is oh, that... Sure. One last thing. In terms of the data you lose, right? That's from the time a disaster strikes to going backwards in time, right? Correct. It is the disaster happened. And then, you know, the, the amount of data that we, that we transactions, whatever it is that we put into the system that we're agreeing we can lose because we had to restore from a backup that is 10 hours old or yep. whatever it is, right? We're agree, we're agreeing in advance that, you know, we need to, uh, we need to lose less than four hours worth of data. Yep. Um, and then, you know, as, as we talked before, we would have an SLA based around that. So what I, what I having spent so much time in the backup side, 
th th there was R there was RTO and RPO, but then there was some people call RPA and RTA, uh, others call RPR and R RTR. So that's recovery point actual or recovery point reality, right? So <laughs> one is one is recovery point objective, the other is reality, right? <laughs> So that's, this is something that you as a backup person, and again, I use the term backup to be, to include any kind of recovery mechanism. This is something that you as a backup person should know. You, you should be aware for every type of system that you have, you should be aware of what the actual recovery time, at least your portion of the recovery time, you should know that the recovery time actual and the recovery point actual is X number of hours. And you should be able to communicate that effectively by and And how would you know that persona? Actually doing it and trying it out. Yes. There's a word for that. Restore validation. Another word. Uh, verify your backup. Starts with a T. Test. There we go. Test your backups. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, but all those words you said yeah. were all valid. Those were all very valid. It's just the only way you're going to do this is to test it. You, yeah. you, you've got to, you've got to test your restores in order to know what your your RTA and RPA are. Uh, and one thing. You, go ahead. No, finish. Well, well, be, because. The next phase we're we're going to talk about is how to come to some sort of agreement, yeah. right? The one so thing like I want a meeting, to... and they're like, "I want I want an RTO and an RPO of zero. and then then you should be able to say immediately, "Well, currently we could do twenty four hours and sixteen hours, yeah. whatever the number is, and then and then you have a discussion, yeah. <laughs> right? But if you don't know that, you yeah. you know you're SOL. And I think the one thing to also consider is like we had talked about recovery versus re recovery of an application versus restoring data. You may not be responsible for the end to end recovery of that application. You might only be responsible for a part. So just because an application team says, Oh, I have four hours to recover my applications. Don't think that you have all four hours to get the data back, right? Because you might only be a small percentage of bringing up the entire application. Yeah, and part of that four <laughs> hours may be equipment pro pro procurement. Yep. I don't know why that, why that was so hard for me to get out. Equipment procurement, right? It may be there may be repair. There may be bringing yep. in a vendor, and um, you know all of that has to be figured into it. Yep. I, I'll I'll say this: when you have a major outage, unless you've planned really well for it. Like, like you, you have to be able to plan, like you have to have spare equipment available. Yeah. You have to have spare storage capacity. You have to have spare computing capacity and you have to have a, 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 a some sort of recovery system rocking and rolling and ready to go. That's the only way you're going to meet most modern RTOs and RPOs. If you're going to wait to call a vendor Thanks. to come replace a disk drive um, or a server, before yeah. you start your restore, you're never going to meet your RTO yeah. and RPO. Well, and especially right now, because it's still the, I guess technically the pandemic's over. We're now in an endemic stage, but during the COVID pandemic, right? It was hard to get equipment, right? Supply chains, people showing up in offices, right? 
So if you needed to add a server in order to be able to do the restores, good luck trying to hit your normal RTOs. Yeah, we, RTAs we, may be, yeah. we may be in the endemic phase, but trust me, the supply chain problem is not over. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, the I, I am aware of competitors of Druva's that have uh, several month lead times on their on their new systems. Yeah. So it 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 you know it it, it the problem isn't over. Yeah. So the you know and of course we think of that as a competitive differentiator of course right because we don't we don't have that issue because yeah. we're we're a service. But now, one other thing I wanted ahead. to add about equipment is in the and this is where you can go to the extreme right. You could say okay for every single system I have I'm going to double the capacity. Right. That way I never have to worry about bringing in equipment in case a site fails. Right. The thing, though, you have to worry about is backup. People aren't spending a whole lot of their budget on making sure there's infrastructure ready for backup. So as someone working in backup, you need to make sure you figure out what are those mission critical applications that need to be immediately up and running. Right. Where maybe I need to keep some percentage extra capacity in order to support that. Right. Right. What are sort of the things that if something happens, it might take, say, a week to bring these back up. Maybe I don't actually have equipment for that for those things. Right. And that's okay. But I think going and telling someone, oh, yeah, your production budget, I need the exact same amount for backup. Right. Usually yeah, doesn't apply in a lot of corporations. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm talking about additional like I think this is about virtualization and cloud. The more virtualized, the more virtualized you are, the more cloud focused you are, the easier this particular issue becomes. Right. You just need one or two extra servers ready to go. Um, not an entire. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm just saying you can you can deal with a lot more. Yeah, that's true. Then how, by, you do you know, how much you need is 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 yeah. going to be up to you. But I'm just saying, if you, I'm just saying it's easier if you're virtualized because yeah. if you're virtualized and you have an application goes down because of some sort of data issue, you can easily restore that VM in another server without acquiring anything. Yeah. I guess that's that's sort of what it, where I was going there. Which works, um, but the one thing I yeah. would caution is cloud is great. But if you have an entire disaster that strikes a geographic region, right, and everyone is trying to spin up in the cloud at the same time, cloud is still servers. So don't think it's something magical, right? Be no, prepared. it's not magical. But, yeah. but you could you could prepare for a multi. You could yes. prepare for a different region cloud. Yes. Yep. Recovery. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Just make sure you look at um, your options. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why you why why we just gotta have a big butt, man? But I, I just, like, I'm just saying, I just want to make sure people don't think the cloud is something magical. Yes, the there are lots of magical. Magic. There are lots of great. It is not magical. Yeah, there are lots it's, of great it's, benefits it's, to it, but you just need to make sure you understand the limitations as well. So, so the, the title, RTO and RPO are what d- drives backup design. So RTO drives the power, the the speed of the system because the the beefier the system, the the quicker it's able to restore, um, you know, the the the, the easier you're going to be able to meet a, a tighter recovery time objective, right? Yep. The RPO is what's going to drive your backup frequency. If you have a one hour RPO and you're backing up once a day, you are in trouble. <laughs> Right. Yep. Um, so that that's what I meant because all your backup decisions or your backup design decisions 
should be based on how they affect RTO and RPO. Yep. And, and if, if you're not if you're not doing that, then you are doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. And it's also not to say that you will never be able to meet a one hour RPO with a backup system, right? Once again, it also has to take into account not only the speed, but also the amount of data you have, right? So take that into consideration as you're looking at it, because maybe you have a database with not a lot of change rate that's fairly small that, yeah, one hour RPO you can hit and probably like a 15 minute RTO, right? Perfectly well suited for that. But right, if it right. say grows from a small database to say 20 terabyte database, yeah, maybe you're not able to hit those same RPOs and RTOs, right? I think that was one of the points you wanted to make earlier, Curtis, right? Is it depends on not only the size, but I think you also want to talk about the types of failures too, right? So I, I don't think there's any RTO or RPO you can't meet. And, and I'm not, so I'm not sure I agree with what you said just a few minutes ago. I, I think I understand what you were trying to say, but it, it it's, well, first off, there is no RTO and RPO you can't meet with That's true. money. With money, right? exactly. Regardless of the Sorry. size of the database. Sorry, I should say picking but, a certain technology to use. Okay. Yeah. 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 Different technologies enable different RTOs and RPOs. Yeah. Replication and, you know, uh, CDP, continuous data protection. These are technologies that can, that can beat both a zero uh, RTO and a zero RPO. They are expensive. Yep. You know, they are expensive. Yep. Uh, But the question is how much money are you losing when you're down? Yep. So there's that. So, Okay, so if that's how we decide on backup design and, and RTO and RPO are really important, and I've never done that, how do I do that? And <laughs> how do you, you know? So, yeah. So, well, I so, think the starting point is go talk to your business stakeholders, right? I absolutely. think understand what they need, what are their requirements, and not just, oh, what do you want from RTO and RPO, but ask them the questions of, what would the impact be if this application was down for a day? Because that'll change yeah, the answer the, they give you. Back. <laughs> yeah. What is the financial impact to this app being down for a day or an hour, et cetera? And if they don't have that data, then honestly, they don't deserve to be in there. Tier job, three, but, tier three. <laughs> yeah. Tier three. <clears throat> yeah. So you get an RTO and an RPO of a week. Yeah. If they don't have that data, then I don't know what to say, right? Um, but if they have that data and they, and they know that it's a million dollars an hour, well, that helps you go and justify the amount of money that you need to spend. Yep. So you ask for that RTO and RPO, and then you say, well, our current system, as designed and as budgeted, has an RTO and an RTA and an RPA uh, you know, you could say that like in plain English, you could say it has the ability to meet an RTO of an hour, yeah. has an ability to meet an RPO of 12 hours, whatever the number is for you. And, um, so the, and then they're like, what, you know, and that's when the conversation begins. <laughs> and then it's a negotiation, and, and- like at a car dealership. It, it's absolutely, <laughs> why'd you have to bring up car dealership? <laughs> Sorry, it's not non- maybe it's not as painful as a car dealership. I had such a non-fun experience <laughs> getting my wife her her new car. And it was anyway, <laughs> why'd you gotta bring that up? <laughs> um 
but yeah, it's it's a conversation, it's a business discussion back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. They could they say, well, we want we want you know an RTO of of one hour, and you're like, well, that's I'm sorry, that's not possible. It's totally possible. It's just that it costs a yeah. you know a ton of money. So what- you, you have to you have to come to a point where you're like, I can, and and then and you know it. It's almost always starts like this. They want an RTO of this, and you're able to do an <laughs> RTO of that. And you need you to meet get, in the middle. You need to, right? You need to meet in the middle. Almost always, you're going to need to make some technological changes in order to to do that. Those technological changes have costs. You can go back to that business unit and say, "We can get to here. It's going to cost one million dollars, <laughs> right?" And then they go, "What?" And then you go, well, we can get to, you know, we can get to here for a million. We can get to here for 25,000, right? Somewhere in there, there's a, there's a point of decreasing marginal returns, right? Yeah. Um, and you need to find that spot and get them to agree to that spot. The one question you brought up earlier, Curtis, which might be worthwhile thinking about is, or discussing is, you mentioned that it depends on the type of failure, right? When you're talking about RTO and RPO. Right. Does that come yes. into this discussion as you're talking to the business? I think it should. I think it should. This is a this is a um, a philosophical discussion. There are those who feel that all RTA all RTOs and RPOs should be the same, whether you deleted a file or you know you had a natural disaster take out your entire state. Um, I don't personally feel that way. I I, I feel that. For, for the most common type of, of things that happen, you should be able to, to, to have a pretty short RTO and RPO, right? You, you should be, you know, I lost a file, boom, boom, and that should be like a minute, right? You know, it should not take a long time. But, and, and I think that if there's a major disaster, I think you will get some, some, um, leeway, some understanding. Yeah, yeah. some leeway. Thank you. That, that's a perfect word. But but again, all that really matters is that this is just my opinion. It's what it's what your company will, you know, pay for. Yeah. If and you're going to have, if you're if you're going to have a, you know, the best RTO and RPO for every kind of outage, then it's just going to cost you a whole lot of money. Yeah. As long as they're willing to pay that money, then you know we're all happy. Yeah. And also on the flip side, right? If your RTO and RPOs are short for the most common ones and they're long for these critical or for these unexpected outages, set that expectation so people aren't yelling at you later, right? Set the expectation with the business and say, look, I will save you money, right? And here's what it is in the most general cases. And yes, something catastrophic happens, then yes, here is now my new RPO or my RTO is going to be, say, three days. And as long as everyone's okay with that and it's understood and documented, right? It's something you can go forward with because you're saving a bunch of money because it's all about risk, right? How often is that catastrophic event going to happen, right? And is say three to five days to recover, is that acceptable? Yeah. That's it. That's all we're saying, right? Is get the RTO and RPO decided upon and agreed upon beforehand, and get the RTA and RPA 
right? Hopefully the two should match, <laughs> get them to match. But if they don't match, by the way, that's another scenario is we all know we should have a better RTO and RPO, but this is what our budget currently will allow due to market conditions, yep. the condition of the company, whatever. As long as we all know that now, so that when something bad happens and then you go to do this large restore and it takes a really long time, th- you know, they will, they will know that that's yeah. the case, right? You don't want to be left holding the bag. <laughs> you do not want to be left. You do not want to be the one blamed for the long yeah. restore or the restore that lost an acceptable or un- an unacceptable amount of, um, of data. Yep. All right. Well, um, you gave you me we some talked about questions it. that time. I, I, I got to try to mix it up every once in a while, you know? You had, you had, to, you, you had to argue with me, man. You hurt, <laughs> I don't know. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, it was good. Good stuff. Um, I hope you guys, um, hope you folks out there, you know, learned a thing or two. And maybe, maybe you didn't agree. You know what? Come on. Come on the podcast. Uh, we don't even agree with each other sometimes. So, you know, we'd be, be happy to have you on. Give us a comment. And apparently, if you make more than, it has to be at least nine comments more than we have today on the Apple Nine podcast. or more. Apparently, I have to grow a beard. Nine, nine, nine or, or more. more. Yep. Apparently, I have to grow a beard for Christmas. Um, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be something. <laughs> All right. Well. And remember, of course, to subscribe so that you can restore it all. Good.